Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we know that you are excited because the Dallas Cowboys won a football game. That's right. America's team was victorious in the Twin Cities. The Dallas Cowboys taking down the Minnesota Vikings 31-28. to This is our official post-game show. We are streaming this live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe over there. We also post this as a podcast. If that's more your speed, make sure to subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network. We are available on all major podcast platforms. That way you don't miss any one of our wonderful shows. It's going to be a very busy week with the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving Day, of course. In a couple of days, we hope your Thanksgiving holiday is kicking off nicely. Uh, and it should be because the Dallas Cowboys won 31 to 28, the final score. Uh, very, very, very unbelievable that the Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings. It's not like the Vikings are a great team, uh, but the Cowboys have been a really bad team. And obviously the Cowboys are coming off of their bye week and had really nice performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, still, I don't think any one of us really had a large level of faith in the Cowboys. And maybe you're saying, I had faith, RJ. I picked the Cowboys. I told my brother. I told my sister. I told my cousin, my parents, my aunt, my uncle, my grandparent, whoever. I said the Cowboys are going to win. Well, good for you. There wasn't a lot of data, I don't think, to support that idea um, other than the fact that this team again did look fairly well uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of weeks ago and I think that that's what we're seeing I, I don't know that I have ever uh, been this confident in Mike McCarthy um, I don't know that I've ever felt this comfortable about the direction uh, that the team is going in and I think we're starting to see that you know Andy Dalton played really well his first win obviously as a member of the Dallas Cowboys his first win in a long time and you know this this was Andy Dalton having a chance. And and you think about it, we said all week that Andy Dalton, we really hadn't seen a lot from him. Obviously, he finished the game against the New York Giants when Dak Prescott went down. Obviously, he played the next week on Monday Night Football, but that was against the Arizona Cardinals, and we thought then that they were a really good team. We know now that they are a very good team, even though they lost on Thursday night against the Seahawks. And so, obviously, he got hurt in Washington, and there were, there were offensive line issues. There were defensive issues. There was a lot wrong with this team besides who was playing quarterback for them every week. And we saw a lot of of that finally click in the right way. Zach Martin played a right tackle for the Cowboys in Minnesota, which was a decision that Mike McCarthy, uh, well, he was a bit dismissive of the idea of Zach Martin playing anywhere other than at guard. He talked about how it was a, a bit of fantasy football to consider him moving around just because you want to suggest that it isn't that easy like fantasy. But those decisions kind of, you know, had a, a strong and solid outcome. Let's look at some highlights. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, things got started. Andy Dalton found Ezekiel 
Ezekiel Elliott for a touchdown early on. First score of the game, very nice to see. Uh, Andy Dalton, though, did have a bad moment shortly after that through an interception. Shout out to Eric Hendricks. This is the highlight that people are going to play all week long. CeeDee Lamb's touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, just unbelievable. I mean, just watch this. This this is – you cannot – you, you cannot ask more of a rookie wide receiver in the NFL. What CeeDee Lamb did on this touchdown was utterly amazing, and his future is certainly bright with the Dallas Cowboys. So it is maybe of Donovan Wilson, who showed up big in this game. Donovan Wilson destroyed Dalvin Cook on this play, the fumble near the end of the first half. Very nice to see. Very solid effort from Donovan. A lot of people really wanted to see a safety make plays for the Cowboys, and Donovan Wilson certainly did that, which was very good to see. Shout out to Jalen Smith snatching it away from Demarcus Lawrence. C.D. Lamb, uh, he did uh, obviously have the incredible touchdown catch. Uh, the Cowboys PR staff noted that C.D. Lamb established a new franchise record with the Dallas Cowboys with the most catches by a rookie. Obviously, C.D. has a lot of time to add to that, six more games in the regular season, but he has already surpassed Bob Hayes's, the bullet Bob Hayes's previous mark of 45 catches for Dallas Cowboys rookie in 1965. Of course, you'll remember that Bob Hayes drafted in the same class as the great Roger Stott. So, uh, yeah, what do we make of this? What do what do we um, how do we compartmentalize what we just saw from the Cowboys? Because this this was I mean, I, I don't want to you know, I don't want to live in the moment and say this was the greatest game we've ever seen. But this was, again, I think Mike McCarthy's finest hour uh, because he has had to really learn so much on the fly. Obviously, the climate of this world uh, since Mike McCarthy has been the team's head coach has changed dramatically. He's had to do a lot of things that nobody's ever had to do before. Obviously, he lost. I mean, think about. When Mike McCarthy took the head coaching job of the Dallas Cowboys, Travis Frederick was his starting center. He's lost Travis Frederick. He's lost Tyron Smith. He's lost Lyle Collins. He's lost Dak Prescott. In this game, he had lost his best cornerback coming into it in Trayvon Diggs. He's obviously gotten some players back. Leighton Vanderish, I thought, played really well in this game. As mentioned, Zach Martin played well at right tackle. The Cowboys uh, certainly have already lost Tyler Biotish as well, but Joe Looney, I thought, held up well. But we got those great performances out of those superstars that we've expected to see. CeeDee Lamb did play well. Amari Cooper played really well. Well, Demarcus Lawrence played incredibly well. Uh, everybody has been talking about tanking. We've got to tank. We, we've got to get the Cowboys the highest possible draft pick. That's something that we've talked about a lot at Blogging the Boys. Uh, and, and the tank that really showed up was Demarcus Lawrence. I do five winners and five losers after every Cowboys game uh, over at bloggingtheboys.com. And Demarcus Lawrence was without doubt, without a question, the biggest winner. And I thought there were a lot of winners. I thought Andy Dalton was a winner. I thought CeeDee Lamb was a winner. But Demarcus Lawrence, people, people gripe and people complain and people get upset set because the sack numbers aren't there. And I get it. I get that you want to see sack numbers from your top edge rusher who you paid a boatload of money to. But Demarcus Lawrence was disruptive in this game. He caused all sorts of pressure, caused all sorts of havoc, and helped make up for the fact that the Cowboys secondary played really badly. I know they won this game again, 31-28, to the final score. Let's look at the game's final statistics, actually. Justin Jefferson had the touchdown near the end of the game. Adam Thielen had a huge game, had those two touchdowns. Hopefully you had one of them in your fantasy lineup and you're winning your game because it's getting to be that time of year. But let's look at this. And, you know, by all accounts, by all measures, the Cowboys should not have won this game. If you look at these numbers specifically, and this doesn't tell the whole story, but these are some of the superficial stats. Again, 31 to 20 at the final score. The Cowboys improving to three and seven. The Vikings falling to four and six on the year. The Cowboys were outgained in terms of total yardage. Minnesota had 430 total yards to the Cowboys, 376. Minnesota averaged seven yards per play, uh, while the Cowboys only averaged 5.9 over a yard less. The Cowboys only had one turnover, that Andy Dalton interception we showed you and talked about. 
while the Minnesota Vikings had two, and both of them were by way of Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson had the strip sack of Kirk Cousins early in the game. He had the forced fumble on Dalvin Cook, and he's somebody, and and that's partly why I have a lot of faith in Mike McCarthy, or more faith than I think we all thought we did, uh, because we've wanted to see the Donovan Wilsons. We've wanted to see those players get time. The Cedric Wilsons, I mean, those guys that were kind of buried uh, on this depth chart have started to shine and started to see more opportunities. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz had the game-winning touchdown catch. And think about this for a second. Every time I see Dalton Schultz, I get a little bit pissed off because a year ago, the Cowboys looked at their tight end room and they had not just Dalton Schultz, but Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. And they decided the best way to sort of capitalize on that talent was to bring back Jason Witten a year out of retirement uh, and prioritize him, which obviously did not end well. And shout out to Jason Witten. We're streaming this a little bit before Sunday Night Football begins. He is playing tonight with the Las Vegas Raiders, and they're having a nice season. But there's no question that he was stopping and inhibiting the progress of young players like Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. And I thought Dalton played really well. Time of possession, again, the Vikings outgaining the Cowboys here, 31 minutes and 49 seconds to 28 and 11 for Dallas. And I've said this before. I think we all kind of talked about this in the lead up to this game, that the Vikings play the style of football that maybe Jason Garrett is in love with, right? The Vikings want to dominate you on the ground. They want to put together long, methodical drives. They want to dominate time of possession. They want uh, to obviously feed their running back. And Dalvin Cook is an exceptional one a lot of times and give him a lot of touches and kind of have him be the pulse and the reason that they win their games. And he almost was. I thought Dalvin Cook was really controlled and limited by the Cowboys in the first half of this game, uh, but did kind of have some successes and found a way to, to bounce back. Again, I think the fact that he even physically bounced back from the hit that Dono put on him was was <laughs> impressive. Um, but, uh, but you know, that, that can that, that style of football can hinder you and can hold you down. And it certainly did in this particular game for the Vikings because the Cowboys just outlasted them. Uh, we do, uh, we're starting at least uh, a new tradition here at Blogging the Boys, a star of the game. It's a super unique idea. Nobody's ever referred to any awesome player as a star when it comes to the Cowboys. We're the first people to ever do it, obviously. Uh, and the star of the game, very clearly, very undisputed, uh, CeeDee Lamb. We mentioned the touchdown that CeeDee Lamb had. It was incredible. Finished the day with four catches, 34 yards in the score. And that doesn't really tell the story. I think if you watched this game, if, if you watch it over, if you listen to it on the radio, if you saw the highlights on social media, it was very clear and very obvious that anytime CeeDee Lamb touched the ball, it felt like something special could happen. It felt like CeeDee Lamb was going to break something off on punt returns. CeeDee didn't take any to the house, but had a lot of nice punt returns. It really had been a, a nice change of pace for the Cowboys. Gave them some strong, starting, prominent field position. In fact, before that game-winning touchdown drive that Andy Dalton led to Dalton Schultz, shout out to Dalton Squared, CeeDee Lamb gave them some, some nice starting field position. In fact, today was an awesome day. Uh, if you're a fan of Dallas Cowboys players who have worn number 88, Des Bryant got in the mix for the Baltimore Ravens. I know they lost, uh, but you know, Des caught a couple of balls and CeeDee Lamb played really well, but he is our official star of the game here at Blogging the Boys. In fact, let's let's look at CeeDee's touchdown again because this was just you don't see this. The the adjustment, I mean, mid-air that low to the ground is unbelievable. I mean, it, it is not possible what C.D. Lamb did in this moment, um, yet he defied the laws of physics. Um, he figured out a way to ultimately get it done, which is super impressive to say the least. Uh, speaking of the least, the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys are now 3-7. and seven. They have three wins on the year, and so does each other team in the NFC East. That's right. We have now reached, as far as the NFC East is concerned, week 12. All right, we have... 
12 weeks that we are now starting uh, on Tuesday morning after Monday Night Football. And how many wins does the NFC East have combined? That's right. They have 12. The NFC East at week 12 has as many wins as the number of weeks that it is, which could only happen to the NFC East in the year 2020. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles lost today, lost on Sunday to the Cleveland Browns. Carson Wentz had some bad moments. What else is new? The New York Giants were on a bye this particular Sunday, and the Washington football team was victorious against the Cincinnati Bengals. The New York Giants will visit those Cincinnati Bengals next Sunday, a couple of days after the Cowboys host Washington themselves on Thanksgiving Day. And speaking of Monday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles will wrap up Week 12 on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. And we've been talking about this for a couple of days at Blogging the Boys, uh, kind of wondering what would happen if the Cowboys won against the Minnesota Vikings, and they ultimately ended up winning. Um, if the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving Day, which is just a couple of sleeps away at the point that you and I are talking here, they will end Thanksgiving Day in first place in the NFC East, which is crazy to think about um, and really difficult to imagine. And some things could change. Again, the New York Giants have to play. The Philadelphia Eagles have to play. And for what it's worth, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to play a very big part in the way that the NFC East as a whole finishes out. Uh, I don't just mean in terms of who wins the division because you're looking at teams. We've been talking about tanking and the benefits of that and teams that are in the top five in the NFL draft order. Cincinnati is going to really dramatically impact not just who wins the the NFC East, but which teams are not winners, which teams end up in the top five of the NFL draft. The Washington football team beat them today, and unfortunately, Joe Burrow, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, the fantastic number one overall pick for the Bengals, was hurt, is lost for the season. So the New York Giants will get the Joe Burrowless Bengals, which did not inspire a lot of confidence uh, on Sunday afternoon. And the Dallas Cowboys themselves still have to visit Cincinnati. Maybe they'll have a, a bowl of the chili. I've never had that myself, not a fan uh, in terms of the idea of it, but I, you know, I'll taste that'd be proven wrong if that's the case so Cincinnati again still gets to play the Giants still gets to play the Cowboys I think we all agree that the Seahawks are probably going to take care of the Eagles on Monday night uh, so you've got either the Cowboys or Washington who are going to end week 12 with four wins the Giants might get there by way of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles would then fall maybe potentially all the way to last place in the NFC East uh, and you know the Cowboys they'll have seven days after Thanksgiving before they head on out to Baltimore to see Des Bryant uh, and then they'll get a week and a half's worth of rest before they themselves head on out to Cincinnati and so the division is still up for grabs if you're that person who doesn't want to tank if you're that person who wants to see the Cowboys get a couple of caps and get a couple of t-shirts late December celebrate have a home playoff game that hope is still very much alive because the Dallas Cowboys did win on Sunday afternoon if you're just joining us somehow on our YouTube live stream we are live on the blog on the boys YouTube channel you can listen to this episode later at your own perusal on the blog on the boys podcast network and we don't we haven't done this uh, all too often here in 2020 for obvious reasons, but we've had a long-standing rule at Blogging the Boys. When the Dallas Cowboys win, we have a tradition of sorts, all right? If you're watching, you're, you're seeing myself participating in it. When the Dallas Cowboys win on Sunday or whatever the day may be, the day after, regardless of the day, is Victory Polo Monday, my friends. That's right. I am wearing a Blog and the Boys polo tomorrow, Monday, November 23rd, 2020, is the first Victory Polo Monday in what feels like 10 years, but it doesn't matter because it's Victory Polo Monday. How do you participate? You put on a polo. It doesn't even have to be a polo, just whatever you got, a Cowboys scarf, Cowboys socks, a Cowboys watch, Cowboys bandana, whatever the case may be, as long as there's a Cowboys song in your heart and you're celebrating the team getting a nice win, you are participating in Victory Polo Monday. It's not necessarily a fashion statement as much as it is a lifestyle. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Dallas Cowboys once again winning 31-28, to and I think we all counted this team out in a lot of ways, and I think uh, there's still going to be a lot of people who look at this Cowboys game and, and aren't ready to say, okay, well, you know, this, this team's definitely going to win the NFC East, but I think we look at the factors involved, and it is very much possible, and I think you look at the way they played on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, and it did inspire a lot of confidence. I thought Kellen Moore called a really nice game. I think Kellen Moore has had enough time to properly adjust and study and figure out how he's going to do things, the play call that he had on the two-point conversion I thought was magnificent. Uh, I, I think that, you know, overall, there, there weren't a lot of terrible performances from Cowboys people, Cowboys players or coaches. Um, look, the Cowboys secondary was really bad, but we knew that coming in, right? Jalen Smith had some bad moments, couldn't make up any ground on Kirk Cousins at one point in this game. And, you know, as troubling as that is, we knew that coming in. And so the bad things stayed bad. There were, there were no new bad things. In fact, there were new innovations and there were new good things. I mentioned Zach Martin playing at right tackle we saw the Cowboys out of desperation move him to right tackle briefly against the Seattle Seahawks again that feels like many moons ago and while that idea has made a lot of sense to a lot of people right play Zach Martin at right tackle that's an important position you're getting beat you're getting killed off the edge week in and week out maybe you should have done it when you played against I don't know a player of TJ Watts caliber a couple of years ago but whatever you do you the Cowboys didn't want to do that the Cowboys insisted on playing Terrence Steele at right tackle and they thought that that was going to be enough and it very clearly was and, and honestly, that's not Terrence Steele's fault. He's an undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech. And, you know, nobody expects undrafted free agents to start at right tackle their first year in the NFL. It's just, it's not a fair shake to Terrence Steele. And so finally, the Cowboys, maybe they spent the bye week studying. Mike McCarthy talked about before the bye how the Cowboys are going to participate in something that he calls across the hall, where the offensive coaches worked with the defensive players and vice versa. And maybe the defensive coaches said, <laughs> Dude, why aren't you playing Zach Martin at right tackle? Because he's the best offensive lineman you have. You're getting destroyed over here. It wouldn't be a super dramatic shift for him. It's obviously still a very difficult one. So do it, and maybe you can buy Andy Dalton more time. And I want to talk about Andy Dalton, too, because, I, I mean, look, a lot of people, a lot of people thought that it would be wise to play Garrett Gilbert this game because, well, he played well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I agreed with that line of thought. However, as mentioned, we really hadn't seen Andy Dalton. And I don't think that he lit the world on fire necessarily, but Andy Dalton threw three touchdowns in this game. Think about that. That sounded impossible like yesterday, like 
like two hours ago, it sounded impossible, the idea that a Cowboys quarterback, other than Dak Prescott, could find a way to throw multiple touchdowns in a single game. In fact, Darth Terminati, I believe, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, on YouTube says, pay Dak. Yeah, pay Dak. We've learned this season more than ever that Dak Prescott is the heartbeat of the Dallas Cowboys. And look, I love Dak. I hope the Cowboys pay Dak. I hope Dak Prescott is the center and cornerstone and whatever you want to call it of the Dallas Cowboys forever. But as true as that is, that cannot be true. It cannot be just an absolute undeniable quality that your quarterback is your team. Obviously, this is professional football. Obviously, this is the NFL. So obviously, who your quarterback is is going to have a strong correlation to how much success you can or cannot have as a football team. But losing your quarterback should not cripple you entirely. And we saw that from the Dallas Cowboys five years ago in 2015 when Tony Romo went down and they went 1-11 without him. It has not been 12 games for this coaching staff, and they have already found a way to win without Dak Prescott. And that is why it is worth having confidence. Forget the NFC East race. If the Cowboys wind up winning the NFC East, cool. If they don't wind up winning the NFC East, awesome. They'll have a top draft pick. But what is important is that this is a functional, legitimate, uh, you know, complimentary, just, you know, I mean, just a coaching staff that has some legitimacy and honestly, some level and some bare minimum of common sense, because these are the things that we're talking about that we hadn't seen that did seem like they were void of. They did seem defiant with regards to the idea to play Zach Martin at right tackle. We're still seeing them be defiant towards other ideas like playing Bradley and Nye. Look, I love Dorrance Armstrong. Fun guy. It's amazing that he came all the way from Kansas and is in the NFL. You don't see that all too often, but Dorrance Armstrong, not very good right now. In fact, Dorrance Armstrong had some really bad moments. And so while I get at this point, especially that you're in contention for the NFC East, you feel like you can do it. You want to do that. You want to strive for that as the coaching staff, as the players, whatever. You don't want to tank. Nobody's disagreeing with who you are in that particular uh, lens. But you cannot tell me that Dorrance Armstrong is the best option that you have. You cannot tell me that Bradley and I would not be better. And on top of that, Bradley and I would be getting very valuable, very legitimate, very noteworthy, very you know, ultimately valuable, again, is, is the key word here, snaps towards his future, his prospects with the football team, because that's what matters the most here is, yes, it would be cool to win the NFC East and then ultimately get blown out 30 to nothing in the wild card round by the Saints or the Buccaneers, whoever ends up being, but uh, if you're going to go down that route, you might as well learn a lot of things, and you might as well get a lot of young, a lot of valuable players who are going to be with your team for the long haul, like your Donovan Wilsons, you might as well get them some legitimate playing time. That's why Bradley and I need to be playing. Reggie Robinson needs to be playing. A lot of people thought that Rashard Robinson was Reggie Robinson when he got beat by, uh, by Adam Thielen in this particular contest. And honestly, again, Rashad Robinson was really bad. Anthony Brown was really bad. Chidabe Awuze was really bad. The Cowboys secondary was really bad. I mean, I, I don't know of any more damning thing to say than that the Cowboys secondary dramatically missed a second-year rookie in Trayvon Diggs, who we don't really expect to see uh, anymore this season. And I'll do respect to Trayvon Diggs. If you are dramatically missing a second-round rookie in the secondary especially, it is uh, a bit of a demerit and really kind of damning about your secondary as a whole, uh, which, you know, cannot uh, ultimately be that great of a thing. Alex Mata on YouTube says, I had faith because they looked good against a really good team the last time they played. And I think that that, you know, let's think about 
the way the Cowboys have looked because they did look bad before Dak Prescott got hurt too. That's a point that a lot of people have brought up a lot of different times, right? And obviously the Cowboys looked really bad um, against Los Angeles to a different degree. Obviously the Cowboys looked really bad, especially bad against Cleveland. The Cowboys looked really bad against Atlanta. Um, And so those are a lot of legitimate data points, but you know, they have not looked bad the way they've looked bad without Dak Prescott really in a long time. And so we saw this team to the point mentioned kind of pull itself together against Pittsburgh, which was really shocking. But I think we should say that we kind of saw them pull themselves together against Philadelphia. And some of that is the fact that the Eagles are really bad and that Carson Wentz is really bad. But the Cowboys looked like a functional and competent football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they lost, but it should be said that they lost with Ben DiNucci, right? Part of the reason the Cowboys performed better against the Pittsburgh Steelers was Garrett Gilbert. You've got a more established, more veteran, more knowledgeable, more experienced player at the most important position in the game. And so we saw that play a role. And we certainly saw that play a role today against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think there's any doubt now that Andy Dalton is the most qualified person to be the Cowboys quarterback if it's not going to be Dak Prescott. Um, And so yeah, those things clicked, I think. And and that was the point earlier, right? I mean, Andy Dalton got smoked by the Arizona Cardinals, just like the whole Cowboys team did. But again, we have learned that the Cardinals are among the better teams throughout the NFC as a whole. The Vikings are a struggling team. The Vikings almost lost six days ago to the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. They almost found a way to do that, which is kind of an impossible thing to do, but they are the Minnesota Vikings. And so you had this combination of things that we still hadn't totally seen to this point in the season. We hadn't seen a fully healthy, fully ready, fully mature, fully digested Andy Dalton taking on a team that was subpar in quality because the only team that he really took on was the Cardinals. I know that Andy Dalton played against the Washington football team, but that was, you know, another set of extraordinary circumstances because the Cowboys offensive line was just, I mean, it was five dudes, no disrespect to to certain people, but you get the point. That was a really, really porous group that the Cowboys threw out in our nation's capital. And so, yeah, Washington, you know, just unloaded on them. That was the most predictable thing to happen. It did. It knocked Andy Dalton out. And then you had to go Ben DiNucci and you kind of had to figure things out again. This Cowboys team has kind of been like, you ever play a video game? And, uh, and you get stuck like on a certain part and you, so you, you try to do it again, right? You know, you go back to the checkpoint, go back to the checkpoint, go back to the checkpoint. You're looking for clues and you're figuring it out and you're saying, I don't know what's, what's happening. I don't know what I'm missing. You even like Google the level and it's like, how do I beat this? Cause you've reached that point of desperation. Sometimes you have to go back a couple of checkpoints, right? Because you've missed something critical. And I think that we've seen the Cowboys have to do that at different points this season. It hasn't been a week by week proposition. They have had to relearn and restudy and retool and re-implement and re kind of, uh, set themselves in a number of different ways in a number of different capacities and it finally all hit in a way that saw them win a football game um we've got darian belemu on youtube says andy dalton has a long-term contract to play for that's another factor i think that's certainly relevant and certainly worth saying out loud andy dalton obviously um i don't think will be the backup quarterback for the cowboys in 2021 i think you know obviously certain circumstances might indicate or dictate that he would be uh but i agree i mean if i had to, to bet on on andy dalton play for the cowboys or the field i would take the field because i think you're going to have opportunities like Chicago and and the more you can have success for the Cowboys like he just did this was a really big game for Andy Dalton in terms of his long-term future in the NFL and you know what seriously I mean I know we made CeeDee Lamb our star of the game but a lot of credit to Andy Dalton because 
Look, I know you didn't throw for 16 touchdowns or anything special in that capacity, but Andy Dalton was coming back from a concussion, and he was coming back from having COVID-19, which is obviously a very serious thing. And he played really well. Andy Dalton was the first non-Dak Prescott quarterback to throw multiple touchdowns in a single game for the Dallas Cowboys since Kellen Moore did it in Week 17 of 2015. And look, not a lot of people have played quarterback for the Cowboys besides Dak Prescott in that time, but still, that looked like an impossibility for Garrett Gilbert, for Ben DiNucci and for Andy Dalton himself at times. And so a really big, just just gigantic wave of kudos for Andy Dalton um, I thought in this game it was really impressive the way he came out again three touchdowns the CeeDee Lamb one was really more CeeDee than it was anybody else uh, but yeah Andy Dalton I thought played really well and, and deserves a lot of faith and deserves, deserves a lot of um, you know kudos in that particular capacity like I said for those of you getting here late the Dallas Cowboys are now in third place in the NFC East every team in the NFC East has three wins every single one every team in the NFC East it's Thanksgiving week and the Dallas Cowboys are uh, technically uh, tied for second because of the tie that the Philadelphia Eagles had. I told you the Bengals were going to play a really big role in this whole thing. Well, a lot of people gave Doug Peterson a lot of crap when he settled for the tie against the Bengals, but it is that tie that is keeping them in first place right now, kind of holding the dam from completely falling, completely cracking, completely just, um, you know, succumbing to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is kind of a disaster as we've seen every single week. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Donald on YouTube says Andy needs to learn how to throw different types of passes, not just laser shots. I do think that Andy Dalton does have a powerful throw. And I thought Andy Dalton played with a lot of confidence today in Minnesota. And I think that maybe there's a little bit extra oomph there. Maybe there is a little bit more touch that's needed. Um, I do think we haven't mentioned his name yet, not to uh, completely distract from Andy Dalton, but uh, I mentioned I do five winners and five losers at bloggingtheboys.com after every Cowboys game my top loser unfortunately and it breaks my heart was Michael Gallup and I know Michael Gallup had a nice catch in the last drive that ended up being the game-winning touchdown and shout out to him for that but Michael Gallup had two really critical drops in this game that were very unlike him from a characteristic standpoint we have grown accustomed to seeing Michael Gallup be the guy that makes big-time catches and big-time moments for the Cowboys um, and so that did not happen but he did make the catch it ultimately mattered but Michael Gallup uh, certainly could look to improve uh, which is something I think we all want to see but uh, the Cowboys as mentioned have a very quick turnaround they will fly home on Sunday night get home early Monday morning have to get ready because they host the Washington football team on Thanksgiving Day it is a very short week it is the shortest week that they will have all season long and then things get a little bit weird get a little bit wonky this is this is a unique time of year for the Cowboys traditionally as they go from Sunday to Thanksgiving Day and then typically have a full seven-day rest schedule as they play on Thursday night football the following week and then the Cowboys Cowboys will get that mini buy. And again, I mean, you you tell me, let's run through the Cowboys remaining schedule just off the top of our heads. They're three and seven now. The Cowboys host the Washington football team on Thanksgiving Day. And I know that this team destroyed them the last time they played them. But I think right now it's kind of fair to almost expect the Cowboys to win. I will be fascinated to see what the opening line is for this game. I don't have it quite yet, but we will have you covered on that at bloggingtheboys.com and on all of our Blog on the Boys social properties. But it's got to be something close. I mean, again, this team looked competent, which goes a long way in the NFC East in 2020. But let's say they win that game. Let's say they're 4-7. and seven. All right, cool. Let's fast forward a week. They go to Baltimore. I know Baltimore has looked a little bit, you know, not like their 2019 selves lately, but the Cowboys are going to get smoked by the Ravens. We all agree there. So they're 4-8. and eight. Then they get the mini buy, a little bit of a week and a half before they get a Bengals team that does not have Joe Burrow all right that's that's the make or break point I think to me that's that's the true fork in the road if you're four and eight and you go to take on the Burrowless Bengals if you win that game all right you are 
kind of in the driver's seat with regards to the NFC East. And if you lose that game, you really have to kind of commit to team tank or else you're going to kind of mess this whole thing up. But let's say they win that game. And that's fair because the Bengals without Joe Burrow looked really bad uh, on Sunday afternoon. And so let's say they win that game. They're five and eight. Then they get to host the San Francisco 49ers. That game will be on Sunday Night Football. There's been some talk uh, among Twitter, like, you know, how can they keep that game on primetime? Well, now they can't because the Cowboys are, are firmly in this race. So the NFL just breathed a huge sigh of relief. And the 49ers have looked bad, but they are very well coached. I mean, so say say you want to, you know, call that game a loss, right? Even though I think that one's kind of a push. But say you want to call it a loss. Now you're 5-9, and nine, and you have two games left, both of them in the NFC East. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles at home, and I don't think any of us would take the Eagles over the, the Cowboys that we saw in Minnesota, led by Andy Dalton. And then finally in Week 17, you go to New York. It is very possible. I, I, I'm not trying to be dramatic. It is very possible that the Cowboys are in New York uh, in Week 17 with the NFC East title on the line. That is possible. It's possible the cards fall that way because things are still going to you know, materialize across the rest of the division, and I think it is truly possible that uh, the Cowboys and Giants are ultimately playing for some caps and T-shirts uh, and the right to host a playoff game, which would be wild, but which would be 2020, um, you know, in, in its truest sense. I mentioned it earlier, our star of the game, CD Lamb, four catches, 34 yards, a touchdown. Shout out to CD for an incredible performance. Uh, really kind of willed the Cowboys to victory in a very Des Bryant way I thought was awesome. So shout out to CD, super awesome game. This was fun. I mean, I know a lot of us have wanted to kind of see the Cowboys commit to tanking and so we can get excited about a top three draft pick. And uh, those prospects were damaged, if you want to look at it that way, uh, on this particular day against the Minnesota Vikings. But anytime the Cowboys win is fun. And, and I think it's worth steering into the fun, especially this short week. And uh, I don't know what your travel plans are, if you're traveling, if you're at home, whatever the case may be. Again, obviously a lot going on in our world right now. But however you're celebrating Thanksgiving, it will be fun to talk about the Cowboys having just won a game and having a legitimate chance to do it again. Again, uh, and not only have another win, but win two games in a row, have two victory polo Mondays in a row, which would be again a fun thing. At this point, let's let's just get weird. All right, let's let's get weird. Let's have a good time, and uh, let let's you know let's let's light this candle, you know, and that that's kind of where I'm at. And if if they don't, if they fail, cool, top five pick. And so I really do feel like this is win win in a lot of ways. This does it feels like um you know that episode of The Office uh where I, I think it's um I forget exactly who it is. I know obviously Michael's involved, but he's talking about the win win situation when they're uh, settling the dispute in the office, and you know they're looking through the binder and they're like, that's win lose, that's win win and there's like that this is win 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 and Michael's like let's do that because everybody wins I kind of feel like we're in a super win sort of situation and maybe I'm being too optimistic but right now we're happy it's fun the Dallas Cowboys played well there are things to be excited about and if they don't win they get a top five pick and so win 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 uh but the Dallas Cowboys did win on Sunday 31 to 28 the final score against the Minnesota Vikings it is a short week uh it's going to be a very fast week so we will have you covered all week long at blogandtheboys.com make sure to subscribe right here to the official blog and the boys YouTube channel we'll have some film reviews some recaps some breakdowns of course these live streams and we always appreciate you joining us and being a part of them so subscribe so you don't miss a single one of them make sure to subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network so you can listen to 
to all of our wonderful shows. We have an episode available for you every 12 hours because we know that things are constantly changing in the world of America's team, as evidenced by the fact that they just beat the Minnesota Vikings. They scored over 30 points. Everything is chaos. Everything is wonderful. Everything is beautiful. And everything is awesome, to quote the Lego movie. Uh, but yeah, that about does it for our post-game show. Uh, we hope all is well wherever you are once again. Um, I hope you have the best Monday ever because, you know, it's Victory Polo Monday. How could you not have the best Monday ever? Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We'll see you next time. We love you. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.